Hey, hey. Hey. It's good to see y'all. Hey, funny story. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> y'all. Do you remember when uh, Pastor Anthony joked about busting his finger? Yeah, that really happened just now. So pray for him. <laughs> pray for him. He was up here. I think he got the Holy Ghost or something, and he, and he hit his belt pack or something, so he came down and showed Pastor Sean and I something like Demogorgon, Stranger Things looking thing on his fingers. So pray for him. So we will right now. Here we go. God, we it. thank you for our pastor. We thank you that you're a healer. Straighten his finger in Jesus' name. No pain, no swelling, and a minor copay. In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. Ooh. I mean, we might as well cover it all. Come on, you got to. You know? Praise God. Praise Come him. Come on. Hey, um, my name is Clinton Allen, and this is my wife. I am Portia Allen. Um, my position here where I serve, because um, we are in a, a sermon series on discipleship called Kingdom Culture, which I am falling in love with, I think is so vital and important to our church. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about the heart of a servant, and we're talking about in particular moving from a believer to a disciplined disciple, yeah. which I love, right? That's good. And where I serve, where I get to serve, where I, where I used to serve, I actually fired myself today after worship. I used to be a worship <laughs> pastor here, um, and that's where I serve. So I get to lead an incredible team of volunteers and servant leaders here. Sure. Well, I serve in Go Kids, and super excited to do that. I also serve as part of our sisterhood leadership team, which is an amazing, amazing thing and lots of fun. Um. We are about to go into um, an incredible word that I, I feel like we have sought God about, we've prayed about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of hype, right? So we better, we better come through. Yeah, um, we don't. But, God's care. <laughs> but I didn't want to move forward without giving honor where honor is due. So um, for this opportunity and for every opportunity that we get to be a part of this house, Absolutely. I really do want to give honor to our lead pastors, Rob and Becca Ketterling. And, uh, and also <laughs> be remiss if I didn't give honor to Pastor Anthony uh, for making this opportunity possible. He makes not only investments in our team, but he makes personal deposits in us. I consider him a mentor, pastor, and a friend. So I love him to death. Blessings on you and your finger as you pursue that in Jesus' name. So. <laughs> Hey guys, if you want to serve on the worship team or in Go Kids or find out more about sisterhood, have you ever seen those people out in the lobby that wear the blue shirts that are our host team? If you connect with one of our host team members before you leave tonight, you can find out more information. Ladies, <clears throat> because I have the microphone, if you're between 12 and 112, we want you to be a part of sisterhood. We want you to be a part of a community of women. We are spurring each other on to good works and holiness, and we are women of God. We are gorgeous, we are intelligent, but we are fierce. <laughs> so come join us. We want you to be a part of us this fall. <laughs> I mean, we had it. to, we had, hey, no, it. We had to do that. Get okay, it. who went out to eat this afternoon? Let me see. Or you picked up food, or you postmated, or someone made you food. You were served in some way with your food. We went to Olive Garden this afternoon, and by we went to, I mean I picked it up and brought it home. Y'all, the breadsticks. Mm. So good. Our entire world operates with a service industry. You're either part of the industry or you are being served by said industry. When I was in college, I had the opportunity to be a waitress at a local Dallas restaurant. It's called Cheddar's. And so, yeah, yes, Texas, yes. Anyway, I was a waitress and I learned a lot about people being able to serve 
the people. Right. And some of the takeaways that I had from that is number one, um, your waitress does not make your food. <laughs> they put in your order, they go put it in and they come back and they bring it to you. And also, I think that my parents were pretty good tippers before, but became amazing tippers after their daughter served in that capacity that's as a the, waitress. Yeah. That's one of the practical things I got, actually, it's no joke, that I got from your father, my mm. father in law. Yes. I called, he, he was like a, what was he, a first sergeant? First sergeant. Him? First sergeant, infantry, 21 e- years. Either way, out of, out of fear and trembling, I call him the general. So the general, <laughs> one of the things that he taught me, honestly, as, oh. a, uh, as a Christ follower, is to be a generous tipper. That's awesome. I think that's a really cool thing. What's your experience in the service industry? Oh, gosh, my experience in the service industry. Um, the, the best memory I have mm-hmm. in the service industry is pulling from my days of being in... <laughs> working at this high-end retailer uh, that you may have heard of called Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so all that did for me, honestly, was perpetuate my affinity for clothes and vanity. Um, <laughs> y'all laughed a little too hard at that. Um, but I think one of the coolest things that I took away from being in that industry, mm-hmm. uh, Nordstrom in particular, was their ultimate devotion to the customer service experience. Okay. One of the things that they did over the years up until recently, I think they did this for years and years, was um, it didn't matter if you had an item uh, to bring back, to return, without a receipt or a tag, they would take it back because they didn't think that the argument was worth it. They would rather have the return on investment to invest in you by accepting you and this product because they knew that they would bring you back in. So you're doors. saying that this department store, high-end department store, was demonstrating the character of the Lord? That's what I because justify it's, it's, it sounds my like, spending on. Yep. Mm, yep. It sounds like that what they would do is even though they might be being mistreated because they were more concerned about the person and the relationship, they were willing to mistreat it in the hope that they would gain a lifelong customer. Right. right. Church, don't miss this. If we are gonna be disciples of Jesus, that means sometimes we engage in relationship knowing that we are gonna be mistreated, but it's all for the sake of the gospel and it's all for the sake of that person that we are pursuing. Because we know that just because we've been mistreated in this one moment, our deposits of love are showing them who Jesus is, is planting a seed that will reap a harvest. That's good. That's good. What does the Bible say? This is, I love when we have cute, speeches and whatnot, but I love to say, Mm. what does God say about it? And this is Philippians 2, 3, and 4. I love this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. And then I love the Passion Translation. I'm enamored with that that version right now, and I love the language. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Mm -hmm. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. So simply put, a disciple of Jesus has the heart of a servant. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this privilege, the honor, the opportunity that we have to, uh, to steward these moments in the presence of God. I pray that whatever we say, whatever goes forth today, that you would bless it, and uh, that it would be embedded in our hearts and our spirit today. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. amen so amen. we're talking about the heart of a servant. If you're wondering, like, why do they keep talking about serving in service industry? Spoiler, we're talking about being a servant tonight. And we will serve others with humility and wisdom only to the extent that we are amazed at how Jesus served us. 
It was almost as if Pastor Anthony had already read our notes, which he had not, and he has not yet because he's not here right now. But the admonition to let's tell God who he is, let's celebrate what he's done for us. Guys, if we truly grasp what Jesus has done for us, then we will in turn serve those that are around us because what he has done for us is so amazing. Philippians 2.8 tells us, in being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This, I love that verse because it gives me a new mindset of how to love people and extend mm-hmm. grace when I realize how much love and grace has been extended to me. Yeah, that's good. And that comes, it comes with a deep revelation of how much Jesus sacrificed to serve me yeah. and, to, and to serve us, Absolutely. to serve all of us. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I'm not old. I'm just getting older and more experienced. You, you are older than me. I wanted to put that out there <laughs> in the atmosphere. Cody, you're recording, right? <laughs> I am older and I'm gonna keep going. So. The older I get and the more I serve the Lord and the longer I serve the Lord, I'm becoming more in awe of what he's done for me. Because I know me. You know me that's here on Sunday. Sometimes you see me that's chasing some children. But I know me and my inner thoughts and I know what I wrestle with and God still loves me. And he still extends grace to me. And when I think about the things that I think but don't allow to come out of my mouth but God still knows them anyway, Man, I'm so thankful for his grace. I am so thankful for what he did at the cross. Didn't we celebrate it tonight? Communion is not just a religious act. Communion is in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. To be reminded that his body was broken for us for our healing, our wholeness, and our restoration. Reminded that his blood was spilled for us so that we don't have to walk in our sins any longer. When we remember what Jesus has done for us, it changes everything and it changes how we serve those that are around us. So I I love how you put that. And and, and for me, in order to have a heart like a servant, Mm -hmm. simply put, we have to be like Jesus. That's so good, that's so good. Philippians 2.5 says this, consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. His mindset, more context here, his mindset was going to the cross to die. His mindset was to serve us, Mm -hmm. to serve you and serve me. Yeah. Is that proper English? You were... Yeah, it was great. Okay. To serve us by dying on the cross. That was his mindset, the ultimate servant. The ultimate servant. Nothing kept him from that mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we're going to be like Jesus and have a heart of a servant, here's some principles I believe we should follow. This is number one. True greatness begins with a humble heart. Remember the opening verse about preferring others. It said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. This is real talk. So, have you ever been at your house? And um, there is a house favorite, whether you have roommates, whether you are living with family, and there's a house favorite and there's one piece of it left. What do you do? Do you eat the last thing of the house favorite? Or do you think about the other person that lives in your house as well, that loves it just as much as you do and allow them to have it? What do you do, y'all? What to do? And I know that might sound like a silly example, but this is real stuff. When you go to the restroom and you use the last of the toilet paper, do you just wash your hands and go about your business? 
Or do you replace the toilet our kids, paper man. roll? Our ki- it's our kids. So. <laughs> He's not lying. Do you replace the toilet paper roll so somebody else doesn't have to do it? If you made a mess, do you clean it up? Or if you come upon a mess, do you clean it up or leave it for somebody else to clean? Portia, why are you talking about all these very small things? Because I believe these very small things are things that form us and help us to humble ourselves and prefer somebody else 100%. more than us. Let's take it outside the house. You're going to the grocery store, the mall, wherever you're going to go shopping. You see a close parking spot. You see a far parking spot. You leave the close parking spot and go to the far parking spot because you don't know that that person was praying right at that moment, God, I am so tired today. Can I have a close spot? And because you decided to take the far spot, God was able to show up for that person in that little moment because you were preferring somebody else above yourself. Dude, I mean, I'm living this right now. Uh, look, listen, I had to stand up, but I'll sit back down. Come on, let's go. Uh, listen, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that little moments like that, that mm-hmm. form our character, are opportunities for us to allow the Spirit of God to move. You know, that's kind of dramatic. But honestly, seriously, if you take that principle, you take that concept, Mm -hmm. the notion of like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to sacrifice even a parking space. Mm -hmm. I have to, I subscribe to this, that those are opportunities that you allow yourself to die to flesh and allow the spirit of God to move and occupy that space anyway. I believe wholeheartedly that God then blesses you in other situations, in other ways, besides monetary ways. Maybe it's good health. Maybe it's favor at your job. Maybe it's whatever it is. Maybe it is a check in the mail. But I wholeheartedly believe um, that little test, Mm -hmm. like even something like a parking space, giving that up is an opportunity for you to die to flesh and be a servant to other people. I love that. What's our other principle? Where are we at? I'm lost. Our other principle. Are we at number three? No, two. Well, how did I get that lost? A humble heart is formed by serving others. Why is it easier to serve people that you don't know than the people that you know and you see all of the time? Um, again, those of you that know me, I can only talk to you about the things that I'm in or that I have just learned, but I am in it right now, learning how to serve the people that are the closest to me and to serve them well. Some of you are trying to make that decision. You're here at River Valley Church. You're like, I like it. I think I want to get more involved. But if I sign up to go serve and go kids, does that mean I'm going to have to serve with kids forever? And if I sign up to be a part of the parking lot team, does that mean I have to be in the parking lot when the weather is not pleasant? I think sometimes I know that I do this. I go into self-preservation mode. I don't know if I have the margin. I don't know if I have the capacity to continue to serve in this way. But if we will serve, humility is built in our heart. If we will take that step and serve and do the thing that maybe is outside of our comfort zone, that puts down what we want to do in a particular moment, because it's not about me, right? right? It's about my Lord. And if it's about my Lord, then it's about Him, and it's about my kids, and it's about you, and it's about every person that we come in contact with on a regular basis. Seen or unseen. Seen or unseen, because it's really easy to look at what he does, because what he does is really great, I know. No, for real, what he does is really great. And to see platform ministry, or to look at the speakers that have been on this platform today and be like, I wanna do that. This has no greater value than being over there in that big space, comforting a child who's having a rough time. Right. And for those of you that have comforted my child, thank you. <laughs> the really cool thing about that, though, is that I, you have to subscribe to 
visible service does not equal greater service. That's right. Because it's easy for us to sit here and think that, oh, because I have a platform or uh, because I'm the leader of this life team or whatever, Mm -hmm. that that brings out the best in me or, or I'm ultimately a servant. But I think that an elevated, I think elevated platforms expose your character. For sure. So, so you have to be super careful about that. This is number three. As we give ourselves away, we'll be fulfilled and secure. Mm-hmm. This is Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says, a generous person will prosper, but whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And this is the paradox of the Christian life, that the more we give away, mm-hmm. the more God fills us up. Absolutely. That's what takes care of our margin question. Will I have enough for me? Will I be able to? Absolutely. Because as you're giving away to the kingdom of God, he will refresh you. Can I tell you that I watch this man week in and week out give everything that he has. He gives everything that he has because he loves his Lord and he loves his people. And then I watch the scripture come to life because God gives him strength and energy to wrestle with three little boys and they don't play fair. And so I'm so thankful that I get to watch our God who is faithful say, give me everything, son. He goes, I will. And then watch God refill him so that he's able to give to me and to our children and to everybody else that he comes in contact with because that's the economy of our God. When you are willing to serve, when you're willing to humble yourself, he is always, always going to refill what you pour out to other people. that is... That is unequivocally the Spirit of God moving. Absolutely. Guys, our heart for you tonight is that you recognize and receive what God has done for you through the person of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you will serve out of a reservoir of just, what does the Bible call it? Streams of living water Mm -hmm. water that dwell Mm -hmm. up, that not dwell up, what's the word I want? Flow up, flow up from within you. That's not what I want either, but it's gonna work. Because that is what God has done for us when we receive what he's done. As we allow God to develop a servant's heart by becoming like Jesus, who should you serve? We've hit on this. First, let's serve the people that are in our family. My personal prayer is that I am not more kind to you than I am to him. Wow. And God forgive me for the moments that that has happened. Right? I want to treat you just as well as I treat my husband. I know it's different because he's my husband. I but I, w- so. <laughs> I want to treat you differently, but really, really well. You should talk now because I'm embarrassed. We- <laughs> <laughs> so serving the people in your family. I think we are to be so amazed with the greatness and the grace of God that we treat each other with the ultimate respect. Mm-hmm. We have the daily choice to humbly serve or to demand to be served. Right. Jesus could have very easily said, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, because I'm God, period. And he didn't. He came and he gave and he gave and he leaned in and he touched and he hugged and he was present and he talked and he gave attention. I'm so amazed by what Jesus did by not demanding. And it is something that God is working out in me because it is very easy for me to say, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. So now you do this, 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 and this. But that's not how God has set it up. Because he is my source and he is the one who gives me margin and he is the one who gives me capacity and he is the one who gives me strength. Not what somebody else does or does not do for me. We also want to serve people in our community. There's a a story in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, As we're in this book, and I love love this story. So I'm I'm going to steal this book. Uh, Actually, I, I think this was paid for. 
Yeah, you were given. It was a gift. Okay, okay, cool. You I just want to make sure it. I would want to make sure I wasn't stealing on tape. Hey, um, <laughs> this is a really cool story. This is the author of this this book, Dennis Rouse. He talks about a neighbor that he he lived next to when he was in the Atlanta area, and there was an ice storm, I guess, or or a tough winter. And uh, the, the storm actually took out some power lines and created some hazardous driving conditions and knocked over trees and damaged some homes maybe. And so Dennis talks about this neighbor that he had that before the storm, he's a professional landscaper, and he would, he would always set up chairs in front of his garage and he would create a space for people to come home and to hang out and just chat with them for a few minutes and uh, maybe share a drink and share a conversation. Mm-hmm. And people took him up on this and to the point of where he was a loved like beloved neighbor uh in the area and Dennis talks about he says the backstory to this account is fascinating he says I had been ministering to this man for a couple of years I knew he was struggling with alcoholism just something that he was going through God was on the back burner of his life yet he was still a much better model of service than many people that I've known in the church Because he was such a conscientious servant in the neighborhood, everyone loved hanging out at his house after work. He had influence that I didn't even have because he served our neighbors better than I did. And here's the crazy thought that that leaves us with, that serving others is probably the greatest tool to opening the hearts of people to Jesus. We're talking about moving from being a believer to a disciple. Believers want to protect their privacy and their time. I open my garage, I pull in, I close my garage and hurry into my house before anybody sees me. If I do see someone, I want to make sure that I don't make eye contact because eye contact equals conversation. But a disciple understands that God has put them in relationships for a reason. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23 says, this is the Apostle Paul, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all means I might have win some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. I have a neighbor, we have a neighbor that um, has different interests than me. Number one, she has cats, plural. You know, and I'm I'm not really a cat person. Well, namely because it'll kill you. I'm allergic to cats. I mean, it, I... I wasn't going to make any demonic activity jokes about cats. That's good, because I have lots of friends that love cats, and they're great people. I am just not one of those people. But my neighbor has cats. And so um, Zyrtec is my friend, so that I can go over to her house, so that we can have conversation about things that I don't understand and I don't know. But if it is going to give me an occasion to be her friend and to be in her presence so that I can show her the love of Jesus, bring on the cats! Right? That is one thing you challenge me on all the time. Oh, for sure. Seriously, that is, I wanted to pause real quick. I think that, you know, everybody has different strengths. And one of, one of Portia's many strengths is the fact that she is able to make, build relationship with anyone. And she challenges me all the time to get outside of my comfort zone. Because people, contrary to what people may think, they think that I'm an extroverted person and I give as much as I can to people in the moment, but then I go home to recharge to be by myself, <laughs> and my wife is a raging extrovert. So uh, it, 
you know, just, just people give her life. But outside of the differences in our personality, she challenges me all the time to step outside of my comfort zone. Still wired in my personality and the way God is uniquely um, designed and wired me. But to step outside of my comfort zone and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, Absolutely. you challenge me to do it all the time. Well, we have this opportunity on Serve Day. You heard of the announcements. Guys, Buckthorn, it's not fun in and of itself. This is our fifth year, fifth year to pick Buckthorn for the city of Edina. And I declare and decree in the name of Jesus that we are winning those city workers for the kingdom of God because we have shown up for almost five years to pick Buckthorn. We're not doing it to get rid of the Buckthorn. We're doing it because we love our God and we want them to love our God. And we want the city of Edina to love our God and Minnetonka and every city around the Crosstown Highway to love our God. That's why we serve. It is not so people say, great job, River Valley. It's so that we have the occasion that we might win some. And sometimes we do it, they're doing things like picking Buckthorn. Guys, we also know is we're serving our family, we're serving our community that you serve in your church. If you're a guest here tonight, we are so glad that you were here. You're checking us out. You're seeing what we're about. You're seeing why we have literal smoke during our worship service. And we are glad. It's haze. It's haze. It's haze. It's his lane, not mine. We also know that we have people that are here that um, you've been coming for a while, you've been checking it out, but you're still not quite sure that you want to be involved. And that category, we would call that a renter. Do you know what renters are? People that don't have to pay for broken stuff, right? We're, we're, we're renters, right? Mm-hmm. So I love the visitors. I love, we love the renter as well, but mm-hmm. even we can relate to that. We're renters. You know, when the water heater busts, I ain't got to fix it. I call my landlord. And he comes and fixes it. That's it's right. awesome. That's right. So we don't, have to have, we don't have to have a certain level of ownership that he does, right? So when we run into an issue, we can opt out. Absolutely. We, we don't have that full ownership, right? But in our church context, we would ask and encourage you to not be a renter. We invite you to become an owner. We invite you to plant roots and to serve the body. We ask you to pray for our leaders. We ask you to be kind to our guests when they come. We ask that if you see a mess in the bathroom, that you don't run out to go find somebody to clean it up. Just go ahead and pick up the paper towels yourself because you're not just passing through. You're not just checking out when there's a problem. It's because you have ownership here. You have roots here and you're committed to be here. I, when I think of owners, I, I like faces stand out okay. in, my, in my spirit, in my head. Um, those of you may or may not know, there's a couple in this church, leaders in this church named Derek and Michelle Swanson. Mm-hmm. And Derek and Michelle have this selfless spirit to serve in whatever capacity mm-hmm. that is put before them. And they do it with the joy of the Lord. That sounds so cheesy when people use that, that rhetoric, like the joy of the Lord. It's real for it Derek is. and Michelle. It like, is. Like, it is. It is real. It is, it is substantial and it's people orbit around them because mm-hmm. it's gravitational. I think of people like Dan Musselman, mm-hmm. who is our music director, and he serves behind the scenes making mm-hmm. me look better than what I am <laughs> all the time. He serves and helps us steward. Hey, D, where'd you pop out from? Um, the, um, the Holy Ghost. The, um, I think of people like James and Krista Kuykendall. James, has been, James and Krista have been around River Valley um, for a long time. They're, just, they're DNA carriers. They, they love the house. They love leadership. They love what the, 
what the Spirit of God is doing mm -hmm. in this house. And they not only pray for, James sends me, not only does he lead and he serves you all and he serves our house, come rain, sleet or snow, he's outside leading the parking lot. He's the first line of defense um, of people coming to an authentic life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. But James Kuykendall sends me a Bible verse every single day. This is not hyperbole. This is an exaggeration. James sends me a scripture every day. And there are days when I am going through something mentally, emotionally, that I'm just like, it is, it is a sucky season right now. And, and lo and behold, God will use James Kuykendall to send me, a, of course, a King James Version scripture to light up my day, to light up my spirit and remind me of who I am and whose I am. Mm -hmm. He's such a servant. Servants, ownership. Those are owners. Absolutely. These are people who have become like our Lord. These are people who have received what God has done for them. These are people who like Jesus. He tells us in Luke 22, but you're not to be like that. And he was just talking about the church leaders that lorded it over the people and pushed people around because they had the power. He said, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves? Y'all, our heart and our desire is that you know what God has done for you. Because if you know what He has done for you and you receive what He has done for you, it will change your life. For some of you, it will give you life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life needs to be spoken into your circumstances tonight because you have forgotten what your Lord has done for you. He has made a way for you to be set free. He has made a way for you not to be bound by anything that this world wants to get you bound by. Yes, we have talked about being a servant tonight, but can I tell you what our Lord says? If you want to be greatest in the kingdom, then you will be the servant of all. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't go along with what our society says. But if we will humble ourselves and acknowledge who we are, that we are sinners in need of a savior, then our God says, I know, and I can make you come alive. I can make you so you are not bound by sin any longer. And when he does that, it shifts our perspective and we can't help but go find everybody that is in our sphere so that they can know and receive what God has done for them. We wanna pray for you tonight. There's gonna be an opportunity for you to accept Jesus before you leave here if you've not done that. But we wanna pray for you tonight because we know that there are people that are here that you're checking us out and you're not sure what this whole church thing is about and we believe that God wants to move you to a different space. We also know that there are people that are here in this room that you've been here for a while but you haven't plugged in yet. And God is saying to you, this is a good place. This is good soil. You will grow here. You will be pruned here. You will be challenged here, but you will also not be alone here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we wanna pray for you tonight and Clinton's gonna close us in prayer. We love you so much and are so excited to see what God is doing because we are truly moving from believers to disciples. God, we thank you for 
this night. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this space. We thank you for your presence. I believe that you are speaking to someone tonight. I believe that you're speaking to someone in this moment. So Spirit of God, I, I, we say, have your way. We say, speak to us. Use us to, to do whatever you want us to do, to be conduits, to be vessels that you work through, that you work in and through. God, I pray that you would mature us to be that believer that takes the next step into discipline, discipleship. Thank you, Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus. To recognize that we have to do more than accept him, but we have to follow him. So I pray that you would pull at the heartstrings of, of those of us in this room tonight. I pray that you would help us to respond with boldness tonight. That if we need to step out in faith to say, God, I want to move from believer to disciple. Prayer teams are going to come down in a few moments and we're going to be, have an opportunity to do that. But God, I, I believe that you're stirring the pot, if you will, of, of those who need to step out and just say, I just want to be a believer. I want to start there. So God, we pray over those from the furthest heart to the seasoned believer tonight. We pray a blessing over all of us. And we thank you for this honor, and the privilege and the joy it is to worship you in spirit and in truth. And uh, thank you for this word. Let it be embedded in our hearts and our spirits tonight. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. We love you. Thanks for letting us um, speak into the life of the church. Pastor Drake. Come on. Can we give another round of applause to Pastor Clinton and Portia? You guys are legends. We love you guys.